What up, what up, what up? Ladies and gents, boys and girls, you are now tuned in to a brand new episode of Sportsway with Dre Day Podcast. I am your host with the most, the Hoods ESPN, Crystal Street's Golden Boy, Dre Day. What's up, what's up, what's up? This is episode 302, episode 302 of Sportsway with Dre Day Podcast. I want to thank everybody for their continued support. Keep it going, keep it flowing. This episode here, uh, Coco has done it. She has done it. Baby girl has defeated the odds. Well, not really the odds because me, me personally, I had her winning it. So, you know, she is the new queen of the U.S. Open on the women's side. I'm going to speak on that. Coach Prime, once again, doubting, proving the haters wrong. Colorado now goes to 2-0 in this young college football season. And the WNBA playoffs starts on Wednesday. So y'all know me. Y'all know how much I love the WNBA. Y'all know how much I love women's basketball. So I'm definitely going to break down the... The matchups being at the playoffs start on Wednesday and basically give my prediction on who I think is going to win. So that's what's on the agenda on this episode. It's a short episode. Um, There won't be no football on this one. The football, well, the NFL for that matter. The NFL will be for the next episode. I'll spend the block on episode three on, uh, I'm about to say three on three. I will spend the block on episode 303 and give my rundown from this past week and, well, this last weekend in the NFL. The reason why I do that is because I don't want to make an episode so long. You understand what I'm saying? Because speaking on the NFL alone, speaking on the whole week alone is almost an hour. You understand what I'm saying? And to do that and then to add this, I know people's tolerance ain't that high. No disrespect, but I'm not trying to sit there and listen to no message. I'm I'm not sitting there trying to listen to no podcast for almost two hours. Not doing it. So I'm speaking as far as the consumer. I'm not trying to have them listen to a, a almost two hour episode. So that's why I'm breaking them in half, doing an episode about this. And then the next episode, I'll spend the block and do my NFL uh, week one recap. So there you have it. So with this episode, like I said, Coco Golf is the 2023 U.S. Open champion. And I'm not going to lie to you. I Listen, I, w- I was at work. It just so happened the women's final was on Saturday. That day I had to work. And I was already in a great mood because, you know, Coach Prom won earlier in the day. And I kept saying to myself, I kept saying to myself, I said, if Coach Prom 
wins. And then I get Kogo to win? Oh, yeah. It's up. Like, it's up from here. That's all I was hoping for was that Coco would win her match just like Coach Prime won his game. And, man, was I in for a treat. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. I was nervous. Very nervous. And the reason why I was so nervous was because it was so many people, including myself, when the U.S. Open started, when, when the U.S. Open started, I was giving my predictions on who I think would win and who do I want to win and shit like that. And clearly, there was no doubt in my mind. I said, Coco. I said, this is her year. This is the best we've seen her play since she became a pro. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, she's made some changes here and there as far as, you know, her coaches or whatnot. So obviously that definitely plays a role in, you know, her game. She won two tournaments prior to the U.S. Open. Now, yeah, it wasn't a major, but it was a 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 tournament to say the less, to say the least. And on top of that, one of the tournaments she won, she beat the number one ranked player in the world to do it. So even though it wasn't on a major, even though it wasn't a Grand Slam tournament, she still went out there and did the damn thing. So, watching this match against against Sabalenka, I'm not going to lie to you, I was very much nervous. And when she dropped the first set 6-2, I'm like, damn, that's not good. That's not good. Because I'm, th I'm thinking to myself, okay, you're going up against the second ranked tennis player at the time. You lose the first set 6-2. It's not like she lost it 6-4 or, you know, 7-5 or, or, you know you know what I'm saying, or, or some shit like that. You only got two points out of it. So I'm like, dang, like, this could be a confidence letdown for her. This could, this could stop her momentum. I'm like, she going to really have to make some ground up in the second set. And she did. She came back in that second set and won six to three. And then when she and then when that third set came and she had a four game to zip lead in that third in that third set, I was nervous as hell. I'm like, yo, Coco, we got to get this. We got to bring this home. We got to bring this home. And the reason why I was saying that was because. In the semifinals, Sabalenka was in the same mindset. She was in the same situation against Madison Keys, and she came back and wound up winning that match. So I'm saying to myself, baby girl, we gotta we gotta finish this. We gotta finish this. This lady is gonna come out strong. She's basically going for broke right now. And she like even like she even said it, you know, before the match. She knows the crowd is gonna be pro Coco. She knows that, you know, from the from the, from the inst from the fact that yes, she's American, and that number two, she's young. Who wouldn't want the young prodigy to win the U.S. Open? Now, this would be the great underdog story where the underdog winds up beating 
the favorite. So she knew that, you know, she 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 knew that going in the match. And Coco had that 4-0 lead. Then it goes to 4-2. And now I'm really nervous. Like I'm at work. Nervous as hell. One minute I'm watching it on my phone. One minute I'm watching it in a patient's room while I'm picking up garbage. So I'm like, you know what? Let me just watch it on my phone. Let me just watch it on my phone. So I'm cleaning up a room. And it now goes to five to two. All I kept saying to myself was, you just need four more. You just need four more points. You just need four more. You just need four more. And when that championship point came, and when Sabalinka hit it towards Coco and it went out of bounds, I was just, I, 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 could, I, I couldn't help it, bro. Like, I, I was at work. I ain't gonna lie to y'all, man. I shed some tears. I shed some tears. I shed some tears. Which is so funny because one of my boys commented on it. Like, cause I wrote, got a brother shedding tears at work. He like, nigga, he's like, bro, you cry for a lot of sporting events. But I'm like, listen, if it's a player that I love, or if it's a team that I love and they win the championship, depending on how I'm feeling at the time, oh yeah, I might shed some tears here and there. You know what I'm saying? When Candace Parker won her two WNBA championships, yes, I shed the tears because I love Candace Parker. When the Yankees have won championships, I might have, you know, dropped a few tears here and there. I'm a diehard Yankee fan. I'll ride with my team. You understand what I'm saying? Um, When Brady won some of his championships, yeah, brother, you know, brother shed some tears and whatnot. But this last one, oh, no, I, I didn't shed no tears for that one. That was more so of all the shit talking I was going to do to people. Because people was like, oh, he's not going to have the same success in Tampa that he did in New England. I said, okay, we're going to see about that. So that championship, it wasn't no teardrop. And it was more so of the shit talking that I was going to display on people. And then with this situation here, you know, I love Coco. You know what I'm saying? Like to see someone of her age fulfill her dream. And then you see the videos of her as a kid dancing in the crowd at the U.S. Open to then now be a part of the U.S. Open as a competitor and to win the championship, it speaks volumes. You understand what I'm saying? So I couldn't be more, I I, I just couldn't be more proud of her at the moment. Um, she has handled herself with so much grace as she's become this big star that she is. Um, so definitely shout out to both of her parents. Uh, both of her parents, they have done an amazing job with Coco. She shouted them both out in her her victory speech. She even threw her, you know, she even you know threw her pops under the bus, saying that this was the first time that she actually seen him cry. Um, the mother was rejoicing in that box when that when when that, when that last point was confirmed. Like she looked like she was. She was having the Holy Ghost. And I was very much proud. I'm very proud of the whole golf family. Uh, listen, the stars was out to watch her. Kevin Durant was there. Spike Lee was there. Um, Jimmy Butler was there. 
Um, a couple of actors and actresses that I can't think of off the top of my head were there. The the stars came out to watch Coco Golf, and what I love and what I love about this is is that it's only up from here. It's only up from here. She has made a lot of history. She's made a lot of history with this. She became the fourth American that I could think of that won the U.S. Open. Serena, Venus, Sloane Stevens, and now Coco Golf. Now, I have to piggyback because my last episode, I think it was my last episode, or maybe my episode before, I said Madison Keys had won the U.S. Open. That was my mistake. That was my mistake. She made the U.S. Open final, but she didn't win the whole thing. So let me just make a correction on that. I thought Coco, I, I, I thought Madison Keys had actually won a U.S. Open, but she didn't. But again, it's 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 just it was just a wonderful thing to see, and then to think that since 2018 we've had four winners of the u.s open that weren't even 21 years old at the time naomi osaka she won in 2018 that was the u.s open final against serena she was 20 years old when she won uh bianca i can't pronounce her last name she was in the final the next year against serena she was 19 at the time she beat serena Emma, uh, the young, the, the, the young British, the, the young British girl in 2021, she was 18 when she won. And now we got Coco this year and she's won the U.S. Open. So again, I, again, I couldn't be more proud of her. And again, she's handled all of this with grace. And I love what she said after after the match, as she was being interviewed, she said she wanted to thank the people who didn't believe in her. Because, of course, you're going to have haters. You're going to have your fans. You're going to have your core fans. But then, of course, you're going to have those haters out there that's not going to want to see you succeed. And she let it be known to those that thought you were putting water on my fire, you were really adding gas to it. But the way she said it, like her delivery when she said that shit, like her whole post-game interview was amazing and I loved every and I loved every minute of it um again I again I just couldn't be I, I can't be more proud of her and to think after this U.S. Open win she was ranked number six she's now number three she's ranked number three she's the third top women tennis player right now she's ranked number three so, absolutely, I am very much proud of her. Very much proud of her. I mean, the, the girl's old enough to be my niece. You know, you know what I'm saying? So, that's why I'm so very much happy for her. And on top of that, she's a sister. So, I'm definitely going to be pro-black and, 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 and ride for baby girl. I'm, I'm very much, very much proud of her. 
I'm telling you, just watching that match, when you talk about nervous and biting nails and, you know, goosebumps or chill bumps or whatever the, or whatever it is, that's what I was dealing with watching this match. Very much. Very much. Because, I mean, of course, had she lost, it would have been like, it'd have been on some, oh, you know, it's always next year. It's still a victory. She made it to the finals. No, 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 no. With the year that she's had this year, it was only right that she capped it off winning a major. And then guess what? It was fitting for her to win because it was in the Mecca, which is New York. Now, granted, the Wimbledon is the biggest major. You know, tennis has four majors. They got the U.S. Open, they got Wimbledon, they got the French Open, they got the Australian Open. Wimbledon is the WrestleMania event, right? So I guess you could say that, in WWE terms, I guess you could say the U.S. Open is the SummerSlam one, being that it's in August going towards September. And then again, it was in New York. So... For her to win this major in New York and on American soil, it was fitting for her to win. It was very, it was very, it was very much fitting for her to win. She says she loves New York. Best believe New York loves you. And then for you to win it on American soil, your soil, it makes it even sweeter. Because last year she was close to winning the French Open, but she lost in the finals. And then to come back the next year and cap off this victory on the last major. And then on top of that, move up to number three in the ranking. Beautiful. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And I couldn't be more proud of her. I could not be more proud of baby girl Coco. So congratulations, Coco. You deserve this victory. And it's only up from here. It's only up from here. Uh, Naomi Osaka was at a couple of the matches. She was being interviewed. She announced that she'll be back next year. You know, I guess she's taking the full year off after having her baby. So next year, she'll be making her return. So hopefully, we get to see a match with them two. You know, an upcoming match with Coco and Naomi Osaka. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, you know, I remember them playing each other years ago. At this same event, the U.S. Open, and Naomi won, and Coco was just so heartbroken over the loss, and Naomi Osaka being, you know, as gracious as she is, shared that moment with Coco, because usually when the losers lose their match, you know, they grab their bags, and they grab their towels, and then they just leave. But Naomi Osaka allowed Coco to share that moment with her because she even said, listen, the fans came to see you. So you're going to do this interview with me. And I thought that that was very, very, very gracious of her to do that. And for her to be so young and for her to be that gracious at that age, I just loved it. So, you know, Naomi will be back next year. So hopefully we get some matches with Naomi and Coco because it's only up from here. It is only up from here. So, again, congratulations to Coco Golf on winning 
the U.S. Open. And also, congratulations to uh, Novak Djokovic. He won his 24th major. So he's he broke, well, he didn't break a record. He tied a record. He tied a record for most majors in tennis history. Uh, Serena had 23. She was on the verge of getting 24. Novak Djokovic has now broken, broken, broken free from that. So, only time will tell. But I'm happy for him as well. And I love how he wore, you know, the Kobe shirt after he won the match. Because obviously, you know, he was close friends with Kobe. So, that was very heartfelt. So, congratulations to Novak Djokovic and congrats to baby girl Coco. Because, listen, I called it. These were the two people that I had winning in their respected tournaments. For the men, I had Djokovic. I thought he would right the wrong from last year, losing to Carlos Alcaraz. And I felt this would be the year where he would win. And he did. And with that win, he went back to being ranked number one. So he won his. Coco won hers. So both my predictions was right. I picked both of them to win their respective tournaments, and they both did. I know my shit, man. I know what I'm talking about, man. Just because I don't talk about it as much doesn't mean I don't know what I'm talking about. You understand what I'm saying? But there you have it. I was undefeated in my U.S. Open predictions. There you have it. Now, Coach Prime, you did it again. You did it again. Listen, I believed from the jump. So, you know, for those that didn't believe, that's on them. But I know for a fact, I believe. And listen, I'm just going to say this, man. Coach Prime got people coming outside to show him support. The amount of celebrities... That was at that game on Saturday. Whether you seen it on TV or whether you seen them posting it on social media. I mean, Shannon Sharp was there. Stephen A was there. Wu-Tang was there. Well, not all of Wu-Tang. I believe Master Killer was one. I believe Raekwon was one. I think Inspector Deck was one. I want to say you guard probably. But listen. Wu-Tang was in the building. T.O. was in the building. Cameron was in the building. Um, it was a lot of celebrities that went to that game to show support to Coach Prime in Colorado. And I thought it was dope. And all I kept saying to myself was, I hope they win. I hope they win. Because I ain't gonna lie, first quarter, no static really happened. Second quarter, you know, things started to speed up a little bit. You know, Colorado started to gain their momentum and whatnot. Third quarter is when they really cranked it up. Xavier Weaver started doing his thing. Uh, Shador started doing his thing because he ain't had that much of a good first half. Um, listen, Coach Prime said that this game was personal. This game was personal. 
And he was saying it was personal from the aspect of the rivalry. Because when he took this job on, obviously he had to, you know, understand the history of Colorado and then the teams that they don't like and shit like that. So, of course, this game was personal. But it was even more personal when Nebraska's coach, Matt Rule, you know, had some things to say about Coach Prime. So, of course, Coach Prime's son, Shador, took offense to it. And I, I forgot exactly what play. I, I, I forgot when it was. I think he scored a touchdown in the fourth quarter when the game was pretty much out of reach. I think the score was probably... 29, 29-7 at the time. Fourth quarter, Shador ran a six-yard touchdown. And uh, he scores the touchdown, and he does his dad's dance. We all know the Dion dance that Dion used to do or whatnot. He does the dance in the end zone after the touchdown. There, were a few, there was a, I think it was a drive before that, where Shador did a lot of scrambling Completed the first down. In fact, no, he didn't complete the first down. I think he was trying to go for two. Did a lot of scrambling. It was an amazing play, but the receiver just couldn't gain control of the ball before he reached the ground, and the two-point conversion wasn't converted. But what happened was, after the play, he took his helmet off and ran towards his receiver. I guess he thought he you know, made the play. But again, we all know in football, you can't take your helmet off in the player field. If you do, that you know they deem that as as unsportsmanlike, and you know you get a penalty for it or whatever. So I watched Coach Prime's interview on Undisputed with Skip and Keyshawn and, and Keyshawn and them boys, and he was like that. At that moment, I had to get into dad moment. I wasn't Coach Prime. I had to go into dad mode. And I was telling him, you can't do that. You can't do that. In the game of in a, in a, in a game of in a game of play, you can't do that. And his son, Shador, gave the perfect response. Dad, it's personal. It's personal. Because that was the title that Coach Prime put on this game. That it was personal. But listen, I love it. I love it. You know, I love how his sons have basically piggybacked off their father as far as obviously idolizing him and doing the things that he used to do. Listen, his other son, Shallow, you know, he's a safety for Colorado. He wears 21, just like his father. I believe he wears the same cleats that his father wore. The same thing could be said for Shador. So I love it, you know. And then again, Colorado is now 2-0. They're now 2-0 to start this young season. And I believe they went into that game ranked number 22. I think now they're ranked number 19, if I'm not mistaken. I believe that they are ranked number 19 now. Eight, 18, pardon yourself. They're ranked number 18 going into this upcoming week. And to think that they have a nighttime game this weekend coming up against Colorado State. But it won't be on Fox. It'll be on ESPN. 
But listen, let's be real. Colorado, Colorado is going to be getting a lot of games on TV. A lot of games. They had the first two on Fox. They had they have this upcoming game on ESPN. Then next week, they got Oregon. Trust and believe that's going to be a game. And then the next week, they got USC. Best believe that's going to be on TV. So, Colorado is going to be getting a lot of burn on TV, and that just has to do with Coach Brown. Hate him, a lo- hate, hate, him a- hate, hate it if you want, but we love it. We love it. We love it. And I just, listen, I just hope this can keep going. You know, I'm sure he would want things to be better on the football field. Because again, when you're playing against teams that you're supposed to beat, you're not supposed to struggle against them. But see, that's the beauty of football. And that's also the beauty of rivalries. Even though, yeah, it's a rivalry. And yeah, we're somewhat superior to them. It's nip and tuck. It can go either way. And again, this game didn't really start getting interesting to towards the end of the second quarter. First quarter, ain't nothing happened. Nothing happened. There was no drama. No static at all. But, again, Coach Prime, Colorado, 2-0, going into week number three. Listen, man, Shador is looking like the front runner for the Heisman Trophy. He's looking like the front runner right now. He really is. He's really looking like it. Almost a thousand yards in two games. He hasn't turned the ball over. He's taking care of the ball. Has he been sacked? Of course, he's a quarterback. But he's taking care of the ball. That young man is making NFL throws. And again, I couldn't be more proud, man. Couldn't be more proud. But uh, just keep it going. That's all I can say is keep it going. Because, listen, there's going to be some haters out there. And they can't wait for them to get their first loss. But just keep going out there. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep winning the games you're supposed to win. That's the best thing. Keep winning the games you're supposed to win. I had a feeling that they would start this season 3-0. And the reason I thought that was because I said that they would beat TCU. I was one of the few that actually had them pulling the upset. I knew they would beat Nebraska. So now we're going into this week and coming up where they play Colorado Colorado State. I expect them to beat them as well. The real test is going to be week four and week five. And that's against Oregon and USC. Those are the two games that we're going to really get to see what they made of because you know let's be real those are like the the top teams in the Pac-12 even though the Pac-12 is about to be over with after this season because all of these teams is going to other conferences you can only focus on what's going on this season and you know you got USC you got Oregon, you got UCLA, like you got Stanford, all of these teams in that conference. Let's see what happens when they play those teams. But so far, 
The season is starting off right. 2-0. They're ranked number 18 now. So let's keep it going, Coach Prime, and let's keep it up, Buffalo. Let's keep it. I mean, Buffalo. Colorado. Let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. Oh, I forgot. Skip Bayless was there as well. So, believe me, we wasn't going to get no photo op with uh, Skip, Stephen A, and Shannon. We wasn't getting that. <laughs> we, we, we wasn't getting that. First of all, it was a televised Fox game. So, if Shannon and Stephen, which they were there, they wasn't going to show them on TV. They worked for ESPN. So, they was not going to show them on TV anyway. Now, Skip, I believe they showed him on TV. Um, Chauncey Billups was also there, who used to go to Colorado. Cordell Stewart was there. He went to Colorado. In fact, he threw a Hail Mary back in the day, back in the day for Colorado. Um, they even, you know, simulated the Hail Mary in, um, you know, the pregame. You know, and for one of those, one of those shows that, you know, they have, the kickoff shows or whatnot. But listen, that crowd was turned up. That crowd was turned up. Coach Prime even said it himself. He said that he slept in his office because he wanted to wake up and see the field. And he wanted to see how it went from empty to having all these people show up for the game. And it was a lot of people there. A lot of people there. So... Listen, man, it's up from here. You know, hopefully they can keep it going. Hopefully they can keep it going. That's all I got to say. Hopefully they can keep it going. But uh, WNBA playoffs. It is now time where we separate the contenders from the pretenders. We are now in playoff mode. The WNBA playoffs begins on Wednesday. The first round is a best of three. And the semifinals and the finals are a best of five. The Aces is the number one ranked team. They will go up against number eight, Chicago Sky. New York Liberty is number two. They will go up against the Washington Mystics. And listen... How they game ended a few nights ago with that tap with tenths of a second left. Trust me, Stewart and the Liberty going to remember that. Because not only did they lose it in such a fashion like that, but they lost it at home. But guess what? They get to spin the block because they now play the Mystics in the playoffs. So number two Liberty versus number seven Mystics. Number three, we got the Sun against the number six, Minnesota Lynx. And then we got the number four, Dallas Wings, against the number five, Atlanta Dream. Those are the rankings. Now, well, the seating. But, of course, if I do that, I can't, I can't do that without giving my prediction. Come on now. Y'all know me better than that. Y'all know me better than that. With the aces and the sky. It's no secret who I think is going to win that. 
I think the Aces are going to win that. And I honestly think they will win that in two. I think they will sweep the Chicago Sky. Let's get that out the way. The Liberty and the Mystics. I have the Liberty winning that series. Brittany Sykes, that walk-off tap that she did in tenths of a second, that lob pass, very commendable. But trust me, Stewie was not too thrilled with that. Sabrina Unescu was not too thrilled with that. Courtney Vandersloot was not too thrilled with that. So, this is going to be a series. This is definitely going to be a series. And with Elena Don, Elena Della Don back, you got, you got, you got Sykes. You got Natasha Cloud. This series is going to be very competitive. Very competitive. I got the Liberty winning. But it's going to be a dogfight. Washington is not going to make it easy for them. Washington is not going to make it easy for them. But I'm going to give the edge to the Liberty just off the strength that they had the home court advantage. Now, yeah, they lost this one at home off a lob pass. Cool. But being that it's home games... They got the first two at home. I say that the Liberty sweep the home games in advance to the semifinals. Then we get to the Connecticut Sun against the Minnesota Lynx. The triple-double machine that is Alyssa Thomas. Dewana Bonner. The WNBA Power Couple, you could say. Against the young, emerging Minnesota Lynx. LaFessa Collier. Diamond Miller. I'm very much inter interested in seeing how this is going to go. But if I had to give the edge to somebody in this series... I give it to Connecticut. I also believe that Connecticut will defend home court and win the first two games. I don't think the series goes three games. I think they close them out in two games. I say they sweep the first two games. And then we have number four and number five. We have the Dallas Wings and the Atlanta Dream. I got Dallas. So I say the top four teams win their respected matchups. And the final four will be the Aces against the Wings and then the Liberty against the Sun. And then who I have winning those series is... Aces and the Liberty. Listen, my prediction needs to happen. I have said it all 
season, before the season even started, I had the Aces and the Liberty to meet in the WNBA Finals. I need my prediction to happen. I need it to happen. It's not looking like Candace is coming back this season. It's not looking like it at all. But I still want my prediction to be right, though. I still want my prediction to be right. So, we going to see, man. We are definitely going to see. But, yes, the WNBA playoffs starts on Wednesday, September 13th. Remember, the first round is a best of three. And the semifinals and the WNBA final is a best of five. So there you have it. Now, before I go, I have to give two shout outs. I ain't going to lie to y'all. I, I've, I haven't been too well with the shout outs as of lately. So for that, I'm going to give two shout outs for this episode. The first shout out is to... Banaja Laney of the New York Liberty. She ain't a multi-year extension with the Liberty. You see what happens when you're not injured and you're available on the court? You produce. And when you get and when you produce, you get paid. And that's what happened. She won most improved player in 2020, but then after that, she's been suffering injury after injury after injury. And then this year, she averaged almost 13 points a game, three rebounds, two assists, but she's also a hell of a defender as well. And she could also shoot the three, almost 40% from the tray. So I'm glad that she read up with the Liberty because I love her on this Liberty team. I just think that, you know, she gets overlooked because of the other four players in that starting lineup. Again, you got Stewie, you got Sabrina Unescu, you got Courtney Vandersloot, and then you got Jaquel Jones. So you have former you you have former MVPs or possibly the MVP of this season. You know, you know what I'm saying? You have the floor general that Courtney Vandersloot is, the, the floor general that Sabrina Unescu is, sometimes Laney gets lost in the translation. But if you watch Liberty basketball like I do, oh, you know she's a force to be reckoned with out there. You know she ain't nothing to be fucked with. So, yes, I'm very much happy for her and her contract extension with the New York Liberty. And then I have one more shout-out, and that would be to the Gold Mamba, and that would be Joelle Lloyd of the Seattle Storm. She has also signed an extension to stay with the Seattle Storm. Not going to lie to you, I wouldn't have been mad if she left because you got to remember, Seattle just opened this new arena. That same year, Sue Bird left, Stewie left. So for all intended purposes, 
Seattle looks like they're about to be bums now. But Joy Lloyd, being who she is, that Mamba mentality, went out there and balled out. She set a WNBA record for scoring in the season. And with that, Seattle says, you know what? We're going to read you up. We don't want you going nowhere else. You're staying with us. And then you got to think about this. The Seattle Storm was the second worst team this season. So help might be on the way. Because remember, this WNBA draft that's coming up next year, the names that's going to be on that draft board. Help just might be on the way for Joel Lloyd. Help just might be on the way. Because you think about the names that's on that list. Paige, possibly. Caitlin Clark. Andrew Reese, possibly. Man, shit. I can't even think of old... I Aaliyah Edwards from UConn. Uh... The two girls from Virginia Tech. I can't remember their names right now, but they got game as well. Shit, that man, listen, this draft is going to be, this WNBA draft next year going to be some shit, man. Trust me when I tell you. But, uh, yes, shout out to Joel Lloyd and Laney for their contract extensions with their respective teams. So, there you have it. It is a wrap for this episode. Again, like I said, it was going to be a short episode. Didn't want to be on it too long. The next episode, you know, I get the recap, you know, week one of the NFL. There's going to be a lot to speak about when it comes to that. Let's just leave it at that. Uh, thank y'all for y'all continued support. Keep it going. Keep it flowing. Y'all can find me on all streaming platforms except Tidal. I'm on Amazon Music, uh, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify. You can find me on Facebook, Dre Day. You can find me on Instagram, Dre Day1985, or Sportsway with Dre Day Podcast. The link is in the bio. And you can find me on X, formerly known as Twitter, Dre Day1985. So once again, thank y'all for y'all continued support. Keep it going, keep it flowing. In closing, y'all know how this goes. This has been another episode of Sports Ray with Dre Day Podcast. Episode 302 is done. Catch y'all on the flip side. God bless. Peace and love. Stay safe out there. Your boy is out of here. Peace. What up, what up, what up? It's your man Dre Day, and I have a PSA announcement for y'all. Did y'all know that only 38% of African Americans were able to identify financial terms on the PFN index, an annual financial survey? Why is that? Because we're never given the tools to succeed in the financial sector. Will with American Classic Agency has been designing financial maps for his clients to succeed for over a decade for clients on both coasts. 
with will, you will be able to create a game plan to get out of debt and create the wealth that you and your family deserve. If you're interested, please contact Will at willspady at gmail.com. That's W-I-L-L-S-P-A-D-Y at gmail.com or call him at 443-810-0384.